<clears throat> Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the haven, in, have, in the haven, uh, Hyatt, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. We can see it through the window. Uh, well, there's some leaves of the trees that are in the way now, but generally we see it in the, in the window, through the window. All right, we're a little late today because we had guests and this and that, different conversations. Forgive me for that. Uh, we'll get right into it. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam as nicely as ever, any other glorification I've heard. It goes like this. Sarva Shastra Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidwandoditaditya, Sri Krishna. Parivartita, <clears throat> O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, <clears throat> Premavarshak Shadayate, Sarvada Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who is supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya mad ananda namostute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, sadu tadayin, adini chochata kada, hanamun chakadachen mam, premna ritkanta yokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya All right, we've reached the fifth chapter of the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, and now Maitreya is responding to Vidura and explaining the creation of the universe. We're beginning with text 32. The sky is a product of sound, and sound is the transformation of egoistic ignorance. In other words, the sky is the symbolic representation of the Supreme Soul. Purport. 
In the Vedic hymns, it is said, <clears throat> etasmat atmana akashak sambhutaha. The sky is the symbolic representation of the Supreme Soul. Those who are egoistic in passion and ignorance cannot conceive of the Personality of Godhead. For them, the sky is the symbolic representation of the Supreme Soul. Text 33 Thereafter, the Personality of Godhead glanced over the sky, partly mixed with eternal time and the external energy, and thus the touch sensation developed, from which the air in the sky was produced. Purport All material creations take place from subtle to gross. The entire universe has developed in that manner. From the sky developed the touch, touch sensation, which is a mixture of eternal time, the external energy, and the glance of the Personality of Godhead. <clears throat> the touch sensation developed into the air in the sky. Similarly, all other gross matter also developed from subtle to gross. Sound developed into sky, touch developed into air, form developed into fire, taste developed into water, and smell developed into earth. Text 34 Thereafter, the extremely powerful air interacting with the sky generated the sense perception of form and the perception of form transformed into electricity, the light to see the world. Text 35 When electricity was surcharged in the air and, and was glanced over by the Supreme. At that time, by a mixture of eternal time and the external energy, there occurred the creation of water and taste. I'll read that again. When electricity was surcharged in the air and was glanced over by the Supreme, at that time, by a mixture of eternal time and the external energy, there occurred the creation of water and taste. Text 36 Thereafter the water produced from electricity was glanced over by the Supreme Personality of Godhead and mixed with eternal time and the external energy. Thus the water was transformed into the earth which is pri qualified primarily by smell. Text 37 O gentle one, of all the physical elements, beginning from the sky down to the earth, all the inferior and superior qualities are due only to the final touch of the glance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport From the descriptions of the physical elements in the above verses, it is clear that in all stages the glance of the Supreme is needed with the other additions and alterations. In every transformation, the last finishing touch 
is the glance of the Lord, who acts as a painter does when he mi mixes different colors to transform them into a particular color. When one element mixes with another, the number of its qualities increases. For example, the sky is the cause of air. The sky has only one quality, namely sound. But by the interaction of the sky with the glance of the Lord, mixed with eternal time and the external nature, the, the air is produced, which has two qualities, sound and touch. Similarly, after the air is created, the interaction of sky and air touched by time and the external energy of the Lord produces electricity. And after the interaction of electricity with air and sky mixed with time, the external energy and the Lord's glance over them, water is produced. In the finer stage of sky, there is only one, there is one quality, namely sound. In the air there are two qualities, sound and touch. In the, in the electricity there are three qualities, namely sound, touch and form. In the water there are four qualities, namely sound, touch, form and taste. And in the last stage of physical development, the result is earth, which has five qualities, sound, touch, form, taste and smell. Although they are different mixtures, of different materials. Such mixtures do not take place automatically, just as a mixture of colors does not take place automatically without the touch of the living painter. The automatic, automatic system is factually activated by the glancing touch of the Lord. Living consciousness is the final word in all physical changes. This fact is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita 9.10 as follows Maya Jakshena Prakriti Suyate Suchada Chadam Hetunani Nukonteya Jagad Viparivartate The conclusion is that although the physical elements may work very wonderfully to the layman's eyes their workings actually take place under the supervision of the Supreme of the Lord those who can mark only the changes of the physical elements and cannot perceive the hidden hands of the Lord behind them are certainly less intelligent persons, although they may be advertised as great material scientists. <clears throat> Text 30, 38, excuse me. <clears throat> the controlling deities of all the above-mentioned physical elements are empowered expansions of Lord Vishnu. They are embodied by eternal time under the external energy and they are his parts and parcels. Because they were entrusted with different functions of universal duties but were unable to perform them, they offered fascinating prayers to the Lord as follows. Purport. The conception of try to visualize that this is the Sarga creation. This is the creation by Mahavishnu. It is not the Visarga. It's not the creation of the 
insides of the universe by Garbhadakashai Vishnu through Lord Brahma. That comes later. So this is important because that means that these controlling demigods, which are the controlling demigods of the elements themselves, are created at the same time as the elements. This happens before the Visarga, creation by Brahma. Purport. The conception of various controlling demigods who inhabit the higher planetary systems for the management of universal affairs is not imaginary as proposed by persons with a poor fund of knowledge. The demigods are expanded parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord Vishnu and they are embodied by time, the external energy and partial consciousness of the Supreme. Human beings, animals, birds, etc. are also parts and parcels of the Lord and have, and have different material bodies, but they are not the controlling deities of material affairs. They are rather controlled by such demigods. Such control is not superfluous. It is as necessary as the controlling departments. They are, they are rather controlled by such demigods. Such control is not superfluous. It is as necessary as the controlling departments in the affairs of a modern state. The demigods should not be yeah, and, and shut the, you can shut it too, shut the, shut the curtains also. <clears throat> I'll go over this again. We're, we're, there's a little disturbance outside, you know. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, my dear Abhai. That's Brahmajari. Yeah, there's, there's activities going on outside. Okay. I'm going to back up just a few sentences. This is very technical and very detailed uh, information. It's not easy to follow, actually. Human beings, animals, birds, etc. are also parts and parcels of the Lord and have different material bodies. But they are not the controlling deities of material affairs. They are rather controlled by such demigods. Such control is not superfluous. It is as necessary as the controlling departments in the affairs of a modern state. The demigods should not be despised by the controlled living beings. They are all great devotees of the Lord, entrusted to execute certain functions of universal affairs. One may be angry with Yamaraj for his thankless task of punishing sinful souls. But Yamaraj is one of the authorized devotees of the Lord, and so are all the other demigods. A devotee of the Lord is never controlled by such deputed demigods who function as assistants of the Lord, but he shows them all respects on account of the responsible positions to which they have been appointed by the Lord. At the same time, a devotee of the Lord does not foolishly mistake them to be the Supreme Lord. Only foolish persons accept the demigods as being on the same level 
as Vishnu. Actually, they are all appointed as servants of Vishnu. Anyone who places the Lord and the demigods on the same level is called Pashandi or atheist. The demigods are worshipped by persons who are more or less adherents of the processes of jnana, yoga, and karma, that is, the impersonalists, med 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 meditators, and fruitive workers. The devotees, however, worship only the Supreme Lord Vishnu. This worship is not for any material benefit, as desired by all the materialists, even up to the salvationists, mystics, and fruitive, fruitive workers. Devotees worship the Supreme Lord to attain unalloyed devotion to the Lord. The Lord, however, is not worshipped by others who have no program for attaining love of God, which is the essential aim of human life. Persons averse to, the, to a loving relationship with God are more or less condemned by their own actions. The Lord is equal to every living entity, just like the flowing Ganges. The Ganges water is meant for the purification of everyone, yet the trees on the banks of the Ganges have different values. A mango tree on the bank of the Ganges drinks the water, and the Nima tree also drinks the same water. But the fruits of these trees are different. One is celestially sweet, and the other is hellishly bitter. The condemned bitterness of the Nimba tree, of the Nimba, is due to his own past work, just as the sweetness of the mango is also due to its own karma. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita 16.19, Tan ahang dvishatak kruran sangsare shu naradaman those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, I perpetually cast into the ocean of material existence, into various demoniac species of life. Demigods like Yamaraj and other controllers are there for the unwanted, conditioned souls who always engage in threatening the tranquility of the kingdom of God, since all the demigods are confidential. Whoa. Uh, I'm going to need the Bhagavatam. Yeah. We've got a part of a sentence missing here in the, in the Veda base. This is not a mistake in the book. It's, a, it's from the... Uh, yeah, sometimes the beta base does this. Word five thirty-eight. Okay. Five thirty-eight. Since all the demigods are confidential devotee servitors of the Lord, they are never to be condemned.
Give me one second. Demigods like Yamaraj and other controllers are there for the unwanted conditioned souls who are always engaged in threatening the tranquility of the kingdom of God. Since all the demigods are confidential devotee servitors of the Lord, they are never to be condemned. That's what you have on yours also? Okay. Text 39. The demigods said, O Lord, your lotus feet are like an umbrella for the surrendered souls, protecting them from all the miseries of material existence. All the sages under that shelter throw off all material miseries. We therefore offer our respectful obeisances unto your lotus feet. PURPORT There are many sages and saints who engage in trying to conquer rebirth and all the other material miseries. But of all of them, those who take shelter under the lotus feet of the Lord can completely throw off all such miseries without difficulty. Others who are engaged in, transcend in transcendental activities in different ways cannot do so. For them it is very difficult. They may artificially think of becoming liberated without accepting the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord, but that is not possible. One is sure to fall again to material existence from such false liberation, even though one may have undergone severe penances and austerities. This is the opinion of the demigods, who are not only well-versed in Vedic knowledge, but are also seers of the past, present, and future. The opinions of the demigods are valuable because the demigods are authorized to hold positions in the affairs of universal management. They are appointed by the Lord as His confidential servants. Text 40 O Father, O Lord, O Personality of Godhead, the living entities in the material world can never have any happiness because they are overwhelmed by the three kinds of miseries. Therefore, they take shelter of the shade of your lotus feet, which are full of knowledge, and we also thus take shelter of them. Purport <clears throat> The way of devotional service is neither sentimental nor mundane. It is the path of reality by which the living entity can attain the transcendental happiness of being freed from the three kinds of material miseries, miseries arising from the body and mind, from other living entities, and from natural disturbances. Everyone who is conditioned by material existence, <clears throat> whether he be a man or beast, or demigod or bird, must suffer 
from adhyatmika pains, those caused by one's body or mind, adhibhautika pains, those caused by other living creatures, and adhidaivika pains, those due to supernatural disturbances. One's happiness is nothing but a hard struggle, struggle to get free from the miseries of conditional life. But there is only one way he can be rescued, and that is by accepting the shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The argument that unless one has proper knowledge, one cannot be freed from material miseries is undoubtedly true, but because the lotus feet of the Lord are full of transcendental knowledge, acceptance of His lotus feet completes that necessity. We have already discussed this point in the first canto, 1-7, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Priyojitaha Janayat Yashurvairagyam Jnanam Cha Yadahai to come. There is no want of knowledge in the devotional service of Vasudeva, the personality of Godhead. He, the Lord, personally takes shelter of dissipating the darkness of ignorance from the heart of a devotee. He confirms this in the Bhagavad Gita 10.10 Tesham satadiyuktanam bhajatam prithipurvakam dadami buddhiyogam tam yenamam upayantite Empiric philosophical speculation cannot give one relief from the threefold miseries of material existence. Simply to endeavor for knowledge without devoting oneself to the Lord is a waste of valuable time. I'll read that again. Simply to endeavor for knowledge without devoting oneself to the Lord is a waste of valuable time. Text 41 The lotus feet of the Lord are by themselves the shelter of all places of pilgrimage. The great clear-minded sages carried by the wings of the Vedas always search after the nest of your lotus-like face. Some of them surrender to your lotus feet at every step by taking shelter of the best of rivers, the Ganges, which can deliver one from all sinful reactions. Purport. The Paramahansas are compared to royal swans who make their nests on the petals of the lotus flower. The Lord's transcendental bodily parts are always compared to the lotus flower because in the material world the lotus flower is the last word in beauty. The most beautiful thing in the world is the Vedas or the Bhagavad Gita because therein knowledge is imparted by the Personality of Godhead Himself. The Paramahansa makes his nest in the lotus-like face of the Lord and always seeks shelter at His lotus feet, which are reached by the wings of Vedic wisdom. Since the Lord 
is the original source of all emanations. Intelligent persons, enlightened by Vedic knowledge, seek the shelter of the Lord, just as birds who leave the nest search out the nest again to take complete rest. All the Vedic knowledge is meant for understanding the Supreme Lord, as stated by the Lord in the Bhagavad Gita 15.15, Vedaish Chasarvair Aham Ebabe Jaha. Intelligent persons who are like swans take shelter of the Lord by all means and do not hover on the mental plane by fruitlessly speculating on different philosophies. The Lord is so kind that He has spread the river Ganges throughout the universe so that by taking bath in that holy river, everyone can get release from the reactions of sins which occur at every step. There are many rivers in the world which are able to evoke one's sense of God consciousness simply by one's bathing in them. And the river Ganges is chief amongst them. In India, there are five sacred rivers, the Ganges, Yamuna, Godavari, Narmada, and Kaveri. But the Ganges is the most sacred. The river Ganges and the Bhagavad Gita are chief sources of transcendental happiness for mankind. And intelligent persons must take shelter of them to go back home, back to Godhead. Even Sripad Shankaracharya recommends that a little knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita and the drinking of a little quantity of Ganges water can save one from the punishment of Yamaraj. Text 42 Simply by hearing about your lotus feet with eagerness and devotion and by meditating upon them within the heart, one at once becomes enlightened with knowledge and on the strength of detachment one becomes pacified. We must therefore take shelter of the sanctuary of your lotus feet. Purport The miracles of meditating on the lotus feet of the Lord with eagerness and devotion are so great that no other process can compare to it. The minds of materialistic persons are so disturbed that it is almost impossible for them to search out the Supreme Truth by personal regulative endeavors. But such materialistic men, with a little eagerness for hearing about the Lord's transcendental name, fame, qualities, etc., can surpass all other methods of attaining knowledge and detachment. The conditioned soul <clears throat> is attached to the bodily conception of the self and therefore he is in ignorance. The culture of self-knowledge can bring about detachment from material affection and without such detachment there is no meaning to knowledge. The most stubborn attachment for material enjoyment is sex life. One who is attached to sex life is to be understood as devoid of knowledge. Knowledge must be followed by detachment. That is the way of self-realization. <clears throat> 
these two essentials for self-realization, knowledge and detachment, become manifest very quickly if one performs devotional service to the lotus feet of the Lord. The word dira is very significant in this connection. A person who is not disturbed, even in the presence of causes of disturbance, is called dira. Sri Yamunacharya says, Since my heart has been overwhelmed by the devotional service of Lord Krishna, I cannot even think of sex life. And if thoughts of sex come upon me, I at once feel disgust. A devotee of the Lord becomes an elevated dhira by the simple process of meditating in eagerness on the lotus feet of the Lord. Devotional service entails being initiated by a bona fide spiritual master and following his instruction in regard to hearing about the Lord. Such a bona fide spiritual master is accepted by regularly hearing from him about the Lord. The improvement in knowledge and detachment can be perceived by devotees as an actual experience. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu strongly recommended this process of hearing from a bona fide devotee. And by following this process, one can achieve the highest result, conquering all other methods. Okay, we're gonna. This is after it's four at five after eight. We're gonna stop here, and we'll take up tomorrow's reading at text forty-three. Okay, and we will wait patiently, but eagerly, for the reflections of the devotees who are with us tonight. Hare Krishna. This from Rati Mandrari. Haribo Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, good to be back. Mm. Good to have you back. Thank you. Hare Krishna. And from Shantarupa Devidasi. Shantarupa Devidasi. <coughs> I hope things are going well in Wales. She says, Jai. Hare Krishna. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Gopakanya Devi Dasi, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all the assembled sages. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri Man Bhagavatam. Jai Sri Man Bhagavatam ki Jai. Sri the Prabhupada ki Jai. Samaveda Bhakti Brinda ki Jai. Krishnangi Mulder. Krishnangi Mulder, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. This is a very technical section of the Bhagavatam. From Rati Mandrai? Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, the giver of wisdom. I have a question. Yes, please. 
Tonight, among other things, we heard about the difference between the sweet mango and the bitter neem tree. <coughs> we also heard that the difference <coughs> between their taste has to do with their past pious and impious activities. I do not really understand this statement, since I thought that souls in lower life forms do not accumulate karma, but simply act from instinct and automatically move upwards. Could you please explain? Yeah, that's talking about in this life, whether there, whether it's a neem tree or a mango tree or an ant or a bird or whatever, in this life they're not accumulating karma. But from previous lifetimes, depending on what life, what species they are, they are in, because there are different grades of species, even in the same species. In other words, you know, a flowering and fruit-bearing tree is, is considered to be more pious uh, or better than one who, that, that one that just produces thorns and poison. Right? But they're in that body because of things that they've done in the past. Every soul is in the body that they're in due to unfulfilled desires from the past. So in this life, the lower species below the human being, they're not getting reactions for their karma, for their activities. They're not getting reactions. And they, and they do automatically go to the next species of life. But if something takes its life prematurely, then it has to come back into that species again until it uh, lives out the natural lifespan of that that species of life, of that particular body. So both things are going on at the same time. And this is the nature of the creation of the Lord. It's very complicated, and it's not so easy. You can't you can't understand it by one one example or one mathematical formula or another. It's it's very complex. The law of karma is very complex, and uh, it can't be understood like that. But it can be understood that the lower species below the human beings, again, they don't uh, they, they automatically go to the next higher, higher form just by living out that life. There's nothing that they do to, to, to deserve that higher life or different life form. But it's also true that if a soul in a lower species of life contacts devotees and somehow or other becomes attached to the devotees and gets an opportunity to take prasadam and hear the holy name, they can become uh, elevated either to the human form of life or even to a higher position by the association of the devotees and the holy name. I hope that partially answers the question. Hare Krishna. Krishna has a second question. Yes. If a neem tree is impious, then why Lord Chaitanya chose to take birth underneath one? Well, it's not impious. That's what I just got through saying. Uh, it has bitter fruits. 
but it also has medicinal properties. You know, the leaves and the bark of the neem tree are, are very, very uh, medicinal, potent medicines. So when we said pious trees, <coughs> we're talking about trees that give uh, benefit to the, to the human beings through their flowers, their fruits, uh, the shade, and other things. Uh, and also, in the, in the case of the neem tree, the medicinal properties. But generally, those plants that don't have flowers or fruits or, that, or just have thorns and or, or have poison for some reason, uh, they're not considered pious, but they still may have some kind of medicinal uh, property which makes them beneficial. So it's not so simple. It's not so clear and, and uh, straightforward. Hare Krishna. Subhara Rajagopal. Yes, Subhara Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to the daily readings. In the purport 3.5.41, quote, The river Ganges and Bhagavad Gita are chief sources of transcendental happiness for mankind, and intelligent persons can take shelter of them to go back home back to Godhead. Even Sripad Shankaracharya recommends that a little knowledge in Bhagavad Gita and the drinking of a little quantity of Ganges water can save one from the punishment of Yamaraj. I remember the glorification of Bhagavad Gita in the introduction by Śrīla Prabhupāda. Mala nirmocha nam pum sam jalasnanam dine dine sakrit gita mritasnanam one may cleanse himself daily by taking a bath in water, but if one takes a bath even once in the sacred Ganges water of Bhagavad Gita, for him the dirt of material life is altogether vanquished. Gita Mahatmya 3 Thank you very much for that reflection. It's very true. Uh, they're both pious and all pious, but uh, one of them gives uh, results quicker than the other. Hare Krishna. <coughs> From Vajaloka. Yes, Vajaloka. <coughs> Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for reading tonight, explaining and helping us to understand these technical details of creation. I feel so happy to be here with you and the assembled devotees. We heard in the last purport that a devotee of the Lord becomes an exalted dira merely by meditating eagerly on the lotus feet of the Lord. Can you please give some advice? How should we meditate on the lotus feet of the Lord during our everyday service in life? Thank you so much. Yes, it's, it's a very simple answer. Chant Hare Krishna. The holy name of Krishna, the holy name of the Mahamantra particularly, is non-different from Krishna. 
whether you can perceive it or not. The holy name never becomes contaminated. It's always pure and it's always liberated. So if you associate with the holy name, that is the best way in the Kali Yuga to associate with the lotus feet of the Lord in all situations. It, it, there's no hard and fast rules. It can be chanted anywhere, anytime, inside, outside, singing, saying, chanting, whatever. And you get the full benefit of the association of Krishna, which means, according to what we just read, you get full knowledge immediately. That doesn't mean that you get full knowledge like Krishna. It doesn't mean that when you become advanced devotee, you, you become all-knowing like Krishna. But if you become attached to Krishna, Krishna becomes attached to you. And after that, he gives you the knowledge that you need. You may not be knowledgeable in the same way that Krishna is, but he'll give you the knowledge that you need when you need it. Therefore, the intelligent thing to do is to take shelter of the holy name of the Lord, especially in the Kali Yuga. Hare Krishna. Sometimes devotees think, oh yes, that's just too easy, or that's just a blanket statement that the devotee, the authorities always say to try to help us with our problems. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a story. Srila Prabhupada is giving a lecture, a darshan lecture, in uh, Frederick Street in San Francisco, and the room was packed with all kinds of crazy fellows and ladies. You know, it was right in the middle of the Haight-Astrate hippie days. And at one point, some of them were very receptive, but some of them were very challenging. And there was one in particular who was challenging Srila Prabhupada at one step after another and asking leading questions and gotcha questions. And at one point, Prabhupada, tears came to Prabhupada's eyes. And he said, the holy name is the highest thing. There is nothing higher. Please, I don't have anything higher than that. Please take it. <laughs> Hare Krishna. But from the chanting of a holy name comes the intelligence to understand these intricate descriptions in, in the Srimad Bhagavatam about the creation and about the incarnations of the Lord and about the activities of uh, the, the great devotees of the Lord. It all is contained in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam are the two most important scriptures for the Kali Yuga. You only actually need these two scriptures to go back to Godhead. But devotees who get more into the details or want to find out more about the spiritual world and what goes on there, then there's references to different books in Srila Prabhupada's purports that we can go to. But we should be very careful who's translating those scriptures if they weren't translated by Srila Prabhupada. Therefore, we hi highly recommend 
sticking with the BBT books because they are vetted and they are uh, edited properly and yeah, the, the end product is high, high end. Hare Krishna. Rajan Loka says, thank you so much for your answer. Hare Krishna, my pleasure. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati Manjari. Thank you, dear Guru Maharaj. I have another question. We have heard that knowledge and detachment are very important and a cause for being self-satisfied, if I heard correctly. We endeavor daily in this direction, but we also deal with devotees and we do not want to be detached from the devotees who are dear to Krishna. Yet we may not be pure yet in our attachment to the devotees. How can we know that our relationships with the devotees are beneficial? Sorry if tonight I am a little either this or that. <laughs> I am in the train trying to concentrate on the sacred sound with a lot of sounds around me. <laughs> uh, you have to read the first part of that to me. It's a little, like she said, it's a little confusing. Read the first part. We have heard that knowledge and detachment are very important and a cause for being self-satisfied, if I heard correctly. We endeavor daily in this direction, but we also deal with devotees and we do not want to be detached from the devotees. Okay, stop there. The detachment that is being talked about is not detachment from the devotees or detachment that have anything to do with devotional service. It's detachment from the material energy and the influence of the material energy. And that knowledge and detachment come automatically from devotional service. When you perform devotional service, especially when you chant the holy name of the Lord without offense, you get, or even in the clearing stage, then you get automatically knowledge and detachment. But not detachment from devotional service, not detachment from the devotees. The attachment to devotees gives you also detachment from material energy. The more you become attached to the devotees, the more you become detached from material energy. So that detachment that's been talked about there is not talking about detachment from devotees. Hare Krishna. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for your reflections and especially those last questions, which are very good, by the way. Uh, Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai Samabeda Bhaktavinda ki jai Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol Sri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai See you tomorrow night, same time, same place same topic as, as Maitreya explains to Vidura the creation of the universe Hare Krishna See you tomorrow Hari